0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Blitz Fitness episode 4. I am recording this on December 10th, 2011. We're two weeks away from Christmas. Cannot wait. Love this time of year. Of course then, in two and a half weeks it'll all be over. And, uh, yeah, that's usually like the worst time of the year. So anyway, this is Blitz Fitness, show about a guy, one guy, one guy only, that is me, that is Brian, a.k.a. Blitz, a.k.a. The Reactioneer. And I have a bit of an odd show for you guys today. Bad news mixed with bright positive feelings and uh, just talking about a few different things today. So let's jump right into it, shall we? As usual, we like to start off with, uh, with the results of the weighing and the body fat testing that was done this morning, and uh, both are bad. The worst would be the weight. This morning I weighed in at a nice rounded 308 pounds. Now, if anybody's been following along, that not only is an increase of 8 pounds from last week... But it's also higher than when we started. However, this isn't a surprise to me, and I'll explain why. There were a few problems that I ran into. And I should say right here, each week I say, here's a problem I've run into. It's not necessarily an admission of failure. As long as you can turn these things into something that, uh, if it's something you can recognize, how you can fix it. And that's one of the issues that I was able to, uh, two issues this week, one that I was able to take care of. The other one isn't something that I could really truly plan for. Uh, and that's the one we'll talk about first, but so anyway, 308 pounds, we have a new peak overall trend is still down, but barely anymore. However, this week was quite an anomaly. We'll go ahead and say that, uh, the reason why I'm not freaking out too much is uh, the fat percentage also went up. We're back up to 32.7 uh, when we were 32.2 last week. The fact that this shows that things aren't entirely dire is the fact that peak weight, yes. Peak body fat, no. In fact, you would think with the amount of weight gain, if you tried to trend line that out, you would think that the body fat would be a bit higher than it actually wound up being. And that's just because this was a one-week flop. So what happened? Well, the thing that I couldn't plan for and take care of was I had an accident at the gym. If you've ever been to the gym and you've seen those signs about people make, you know, telling them, hey, put away the weights when you're done with them. And we're talking about free weights, of course, because machines, you're not going to have this problem. And you may notice there's a lot of people who don't actually... Put those weights away. And I always thought I was really good at paying attention to my environment and uh, avoiding that sort of thing. And I'm actually one of those people having worked in a gym setting. As you guys know, I've explained, I was a certified personal trainer. I still am certified, I'm just not working in that capacity right now. Usually I'm the guy who's just like, okay, some asshat left this weight here, even though it's two feet in front of him where he would set it down. I'll put it away because I don't want anybody to trip and fall. So, uh, the uh, the night that I last spoke to you guys on this show, I tripped and fell. <laughs> so, a little ironic, little a happen, uh happening there, but here's the deal. Here's what was so odd. So, I tripped and fell over a weight that I didn't see because it was mostly obscured, By the bench that I was actually using at the time and never even noticed this weight was there because it was mostly under it and was just protruding just enough that it cost me my balance I didn't have any weights in my hands at the time which is great because I've only seen two people ever fall and catch themselves with weight still in their hand and both of them ended up with broken bones so I didn't have that here I started falling to my left side you know those situations where time seems to slow down, but unlike in movies or video games, your body doesn't stay the same speed, so you're not moving faster than ever. So you're seeing everything that's about to happen, you're making decisions, but you can't really make the best decisions. I don't know how to put it any other way than that. Well, that's what happened here, because... I thought about two things, and I was able to adjust the angle of my left hand, which I was catching myself with. The first thing I thought about was not to land straight on the arm and break my elbow. The second thing I thought of was my left arm at the forearm is where I keep my MP3 player attached via an armband. And I thought to myself, hey, don't break the MP3 player. (laughs) So, I managed to angle myself just right that I fell in a way where I did not dislocate, but I did pop out of the socket and it got popped back in very quickly right away, the base knuckle of my left hand's index finger. This, of course, is not something that you really want to be working out with. It actually is a little worse because... My current job is one that involves me typing at a computer for 8 to 10 hours a day, and uh, I kind of used that finger with typing, and it was a little painful. I didn't think it was going to take as long, considering that it just was out and in real quick. I knew it was going to hurt, but I didn't think it was going to take as long as it did. Today, I mean, each day, there's less and less pain, and I am just about back to full range of motion. But, uh, I think I'm just about at the point where I can work out on again, no problem. But, really the pain didn't start subsiding until Thursday night to be able to work out again. So it's taken, it's taken almost a full week to do that. Not something I expected, but, uh, so, so that happened. (laughs) So, of course, that kept me out of the gym. And, uh, that leads to the... To something else that I kind of want to mention, it's flu season. Welcome to December. I'm actually glad I have a pretty good immune system, and I say this because a coworker has strep, and that is highly infectious until you get yourself onto some uh, some antibiotics, and uh, just overall not fun to have with it. But I was thinking about. A question that I've received a lot from family, from friends, and definitely from clients that I've had in the past. And that is a very simple question that's not easy to answer. And that is, hey, I have this mild injury. Is it okay to work out? Or hey, I have this mild illness. Is it okay to work out? And I like to tell people the illness one first. Because I think it's the easiest one to answer. You're safe to work out while you're sick. In fact, I've heard some people say that they just think something about that added increased blood flow. Just keeping that circulation up a bit makes them feel better or uh, just, just maybe reduces the time that they feel that they're sick. Maybe reduces... The symptoms that they happen to be suffering through at the time, whatever it might be, it's not necessarily dangerous to you to be sick enough that it would be dangerous. You're probably not thinking to yourself, I need to get to the gym. So that's why I usually say, yeah, if you feel like you can work out, it's safe for you. But I still never recommend that they work out. I still say, stay home. I say stay home for a couple of reasons. For one A lot of illnesses, we have a problem with dehydration. It's so easy to happen. And at lack of energy, we need rest. And you can read all over the internet all sorts of magazines and books have been written about it. Research studies are constantly happening about what our body does while sleeping, while in a restful state. Some awesome processes. The body is amazing. And why skip out on that at a time when you're feeling down. There's another reason why I tend not to recommend people actually, actually work out during this stage of an illness when you can still mostly feel it. We're not talking about maybe a <laughs> slight cough that you have twice a day, but anything above that, it's that you may be infectious. And the whole reason for flu vaccinations and all the care that we have, it's why there's... Posters about constantly washing hands, uh, keeping uh, keeping your mouth covered and your nose covered when you sneeze. It's why the CDC, I think, last year had a had an interesting interview moment where the new head of the CDC was talking to the press, and uh, a reporter sneezed or coughed into his hand, and she stopped the the. Uh, The whole press conference that was happening And sort of chastised him But wasn't trying to single him out But was using it as a learning opportunity To say, no, no You should have done the sneeze or the cough Into your elbow And then literally just stopped the train And said, hey, here's a lesson to learn It's a fantastic moment So many people would have let that go by I would have let it go by, for sure Not even thinking about it And she didn't, which is fantastic But why bother i mean okay you're sick you're gonna miss out on exercise time but we live some pretty damn long lives and there's a lot of days to exercise in the future not too many of those days that you're actually sick so when you are take it easy on those days it's really that simple so if you were to ask any other person in the know or not in the know you're probably going to get a few different answers mine personally is going to be take the day off maybe take the next two or three days off, whatever it may be. Injuries, I have the same line of thinking with a twist. For one, if somebody tells me they have an injury and they're not a client of mine and they're asking me a question about fitness, I tend to get very general in terms with them because not all fitness professionals are created equal. There are people who specifically are targeted in their education for dealing with injuries. It's not too far unlike what you see in the medical field. You have family doctors, but you also have pediatricians, gerontologists, etc. You have so many different specialties, and those guys and gals, not trying to be sexist there, those people, they're just ace on whatever it is that their topic happens to be. That's why we see specialists when we go to our family doctor and says, I'm going to send you to this guy just to make sure. It's not that your family doctor is ignorant by any means. What it does mean, though, is that there's some people who are just honed in on this. I'm not one of those people. I was interested in and still am. It's still a possibility that uh, I might get into there because I do find injuries fascinating. But I am not one of those people. Now, when we're talking about a client whose history I know, who I've seen their form, see everything that they've done, then I'm a little bit more liberal, a little more giving of direction as well as advice. Although typically, I haven't historically been afraid of telling them, you know what, see your doctor just in case. Where this becomes a little tricky is that it's easy to tell people, hey, rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation. It's easy to tell people that. Unless if these people are competitive athletes, especially if it's a profession. And I say that it's it's harder for me to tell those people that because I know two things. Number one, that is their life, that is their way of living. And two, there's been a lot of research, and it's still going on. I don't know where it currently sits today. I haven't seen anything recently about it, but I'm also pretty far behind on uh, my reading, so may have to take another look at this again. I also do have to do some CECs soon, so maybe I'll maybe I'll choose that as the topic. But uh a lot of the examples were sprained ankles with athletes. Uh for people who don't know, a a sprain is typically considered a worse injury than a broken bone, despite the difference in healing times and the limitations that one gives you because What's being sprained has a perfect 100% potential. Each time you sprain it, it's damaged, takes time to heal up, and once it heals, it can't heal back up to 100% of where it was. Now, thanks to surgeries and therapies, we're really close to that line, but again, we're looking at mostly athletes who get that. Individuals who aren't in that line of work tend not to definitely not get the surgery, and although therapy is commonly recommended, it's often not taken, even though if you have the means to, you should. There's been research to show that keeping this person active, including exercises that involve the injured area, does enough to to keep the the area around the muscle especially uh, in the joint, the muscles stay, they stay trained, they stay stronger, you're not missing out on time for a recovery there, as well as the fact that the joint capsule that happens to be surrounded by all this mess has it cleaned up through circulation and regular movement and what have you, and that the, I don't know that it brings them back up to the 100% potential, But if not, it's definitely higher than where it would be through rest. I don't think any of those people are listening to this, though. So, if you're sick, rest. If you have an injury, rest. Now, if you have an injury, like, I could have gone to the gym and done lower body stuff or some sort of exercise, just as long as it didn't involve arms, because... I didn't want to screw around with my left hand until that was all better. But I just didn't for my own reason, and that's actually the second thing we're going to get into today. The second, the longer thing. So, when I was first getting into fitness, four to five days a week, I was exercising. Well, actually, in all truth, all seven days a week I was exercising, but four to five of those days was weightlifting. And my routine was this. I'd walk into the gym and start the timer as soon as I get up the stairs, because at the time I was uh, working out at Lifetime Fitness. I would do quick 10-second hold stretches for every single muscle I knew how to stretch. From there I'd go on to the... I'm sorry, (laughs) I skipped the first step. I'd go on to a treadmill and warm up, or a, a bike, either or. And warm up for about 10 minutes then I would do the stretches and then from there I would go on with my weightlifting routine And my routine at that time was every single major muscle group and all the minor ones I knew how to work out in a very specific order but I would hit each one every time that I went to the gym then I'd come back and I would do my cardio for an hour if I was feeling tired it'd be half an hour after the cardio I'd go back and stretch this time 20 second holds for each stretch So, not counting the drive to and from the gym, not counting the time it takes to walk around and get to the uh, the locker rooms and then to the weight room, etc. in the gym, not counting the time that it takes to change clothes into whatever I'm working out in, not counting any of that. An average workout was taking me two to two and a half hours. Now, initially, that was not a problem at all because I had just a part-time job getting ready to start college, and was working 20 hours a week, at most. I actually averaged 15, sometimes it was only 10. I had the time. Once I started college, of course, now we're talking about 4 hours a day, 4 days a week. That took away some of the time there, and I mostly then was in maintain mode. I wasn't advancing anymore. Then I started working in the field, and then all my time went away. And so when I did get to work out, when I had it in the schedule and I had the energy and I didn't mind still being at the gym, I was just working at the 30 plus hours a week. I was taking a long time again. Well, I can't seem to do that anymore. Mentally, that really seems to block me. Now that I have a 40 plus hour job a week, as well as the fact should be mentioned that the gym i'm at now is in la fitness they do not have the 24 hours open for uh for lifetime fitness the problem i ran into in that this week off of working out there really made me think about it and i i've had to switch up the formula a bit and it's all time-based problems the first thing is I should mention, how long has it been taking me to work out on the three-day split program that I had uh, basically read off to you guys in week one? It would take me about an hour and a half to two hours. An hour and a half would mean I skipped a warm-up, which I actually don't think I actually have, but skipped a warm-up, skipped cardio at the end, and maybe had to pass over a machine. So So the time sink wasn't all that intense but now in the light of things with the way work is it kind of feels like it's so much more and in truth it's not so much the total sum of the time it's actually the percentage of one's free time that is increased exponentially and i feel that now so on top of that The next part leads me into something that's about me personally. So, working out for that amount of time isn't a problem. It's not like I'm getting so tired, so exhausted, I can't go on and do the next thing. That's never been an issue. However, I'm impatient still, nonetheless, when I'm at the gym. So, let's say you guys know I have an order that I'm set up with to do each individual exercise, and the order has a reason. There's a method to that madness. But I hate breaking it. If I have to, it's not too big of a deal. So let's take the the first half of the exercises. If I have to skip one of those because it requires a piece of equipment, whether it be a machine uh, or maybe a certain type of bench that needs to be used, whatever it may be, if that's not available for the exercises in the first half of the program, I can skip it and go back to it, no problem. But when it comes to the second half of the program, that's where I I sort of get my impatience from. If it's in the second half, at that point, now I'm starting to feel the effects of working out, starting to feel a little tired from it, and so I get this mindset, hey, I don't want to wait. So I'm just skipping this one today. And in certain cases, such as the cable-based exercises where at my gym, there's only one cable machine. And so... If somebody's using both sides or there just happen to be two people who want to use a cable machine and they're splitting up the half, there's nowhere else I can go to. That's the one and only machine for that there. So that's the most common one that I find myself having to skip. One of the the things about this, too, is I know after exercising, I have quite a bit of energy. So... In all honesty, the best time of any day for me to work out is in the morning. And I'm not an early morning riser. We're not talking about that. We're talking about... Oh, I guess I'm ready to go at 7 a.m. But I could go as late as 10 or 11, no problem. That's the the range that's the best time for me. That's when I, I like to get it out of the way. I enjoy it while it's happening, but I like to get it out of the way nonetheless. I don't have that luxury thanks to my hours at work and the hours at the gym are opened. And what will happen is that I'll come home. I'll be tired from work, you know, that mental exhaustion that you get. And I will look at the clock and I'll say, okay, to avoid skipping an exercise, I should go when the gym is less crowded. The gym is going to be less crowded later at night. But now I run into the problem is I don't want to go so late that I can't do the whole program because the gym closes early. I don't want to go too early because then I might have to skip a, uh, an exercise. But I also don't want to be too late again because if I come home and it's time for me to get into bed and go to sleep and get up for work the next morning, it's not going to happen all that easily. And there's a difference between Sleeping right off the bed after a hard, exhausting exercise and just regular and good, a good exercise day. And being able to sleep well. And there's just two different things. I don't know how to quite define those two. Because otherwise, what's going to happen, though, is that I'm just going to be up, going to be exhausted at work the next day. And so, I may feel good enough to go and exercise after work the next day, but not if I'm exhausted because I didn't sleep the whole way through. So... I've had this this battle that I've noticed where I'll look at the clock and I'll try and do the time in my head. Okay, it takes me this long, they close at this time, but I want to be home at this time. And it becomes this algorithm that honestly is just a bit of a pain because having so many different factors to concern yourself with, you sort of set this window that's just so tight and so hard to, to actually fit through. And a miss gets gets you the feeling of just having failed. And you don't want those feelings, especially at the beginning of a program. So, I had to think this past week, what is the solution? And I thought of a few things. I thought about calculating... Well, actually, the first thing I thought about was... Maybe not worrying about skipping an exercise. I felt like the easiest answer was, okay... Just head straight to the gym after work. You know, bring the change of clothes with you to the office, change in the bathroom there, and then head straight to the gym. I bring a water bottle with me to work anyway, so uh, all I'd have to do is remember my MP3 player. That's not hard. But that doesn't seem like the best option to me. Especially because all I'm doing is I'm setting myself up to face a challenge without actually throwing myself at a weakness. Because one weakness I don't have. I don't have the problem of coming home, changing into those lounging clothes, and then a couple hours later, changing back into workout clothes and going to work out. I know a lot of people, once they're home and in that mode, they're done for the day. Like, there is no getting them out. I'm not one of those people, though. It's not an issue I run into. So... I thought... I'm just forcing myself into a position that, uh, that's going to give me another reason that I might fail because I'm going to now have the rush of people post work, uh, out of school and exercising before dinner, what have you. I'm going to deal with a crowd that so far with this program, I haven't had to deal with. So that didn't seem like the best option. The second option I thought about was one I had thought about before, and I gave it a real serious, long, hard look. My hours at work are set up to be 7 a.m. to 3:30 p.m. I started 8 to 4:30, and there's quite a bit of people in the office who don't come in until 9 or 9:30, and in fact, the office is open late. They do have a second shift for uh, people to work evening hours. Now, that one's not open to me because of the position I have there, but I could. And I was starting to do the math in my head. I could change my hours. Kick it back two hours, work out for an hour and a half, shower at the gym, change, then head to work. This also set up a few problems for me. The gym that I'm at specifically has a problem with theft in the locker room. So... One of the things I don't put up with right now is using the locker room. I come in with the bare minimum that I need just to drive myself there and what I'm going to use to exercise, and I leave with that without having to stop in the locker room. Get home, and I shower then, you know, and I just make sure my car doesn't get all sweaty so I have towels that I I put on the seat and everything like that, so... All of a sudden now, I'd have to be taking that risk, and that's a risk that, if you lose on that bet, oh, that's a crappy series of days. The other thing is, I've been working these hours for quite some time now, and they're perfect for me. I'm not a morning person by any means. I like getting all the things that I feel like I have to do. The obligatory, not necessarily fun things. I like to get them out as early in the day as possible because the evening, to me, that's the part that should be fun and relaxing and easy and what have you. Well, I kind of lose a lot of that time if I change my hours. Because, as the way it is now, if I leave on time, which doesn't happen all that often, but if I do, I have... A good, let's say, five to six hours of just doing whatever until I have to to uh, fall asleep and do it all over again the next day. If I change these hours, I'm not actually losing sleep or gaining sleep by any means. The hours are, it's still 24 hours a day. But now the relaxing part becomes three to four hours, like a third of it goes away. And I realized the math isn't pure because when I'm talking about changing my hours, I'm talking about working out, not being a part of my free time. But when I'm talking about keeping my hours the way they are now, I am talking about working out being free time. I can't describe why that is, but it is. So I thought... It still may be the best option for me, but then, instead, I took a look at my program, and I went with the third option I thought of. The way it is now, or was, I should say, was the three-day split that I had talked to you guys about, and I would work all the major groups. It was just different. One day was machines, one day was assisting machines, and then uh, the other day was mostly free weights everything was getting worked out so that would force me to always want to skip one day for sure possibly two because of soreness and the need to rest and relax the muscles before you go in and uh attack them again i decided to expand on that a more common type of split is a push pull day so or also upper and lower body is probably more common than push and pull but push and pull is what i went with here uh push and pull being you do the exercises where you're pushing the weight away from you on one day and then the next day you're doing the ones where you pull towards you now that's a two day split I'm combining the two so I'm combining my different types of exercise and multiplying it by splitting push and pull and it's not a pure push and pull there's a lot of a a lot of crossover but what this will effectively do is two things. It'll, it'll reduce the time that's a problem. And I'm thinking that this can be done an hour to an hour and a half, which is better than an hour and a half to two hours. So we've got that. At the same time, it'll also allow me to have different muscles that have been hit so that the next day those aren't the muscles that I have to worry about that are already sore and exhausted and tired, they'll still have their day's worth of rest, but I'll still be in the gym. So before with the old formula, in a four day period, I would work out twice. With this formula, I would see in a four day day period three times, so increasing the gym frequency. So I'm gonna go ahead and and give you guys the exercises that I'm actually doing, uh, because I've added some in order to balance this out. I'm going from, uh, not counting cardio at the end, I'm going from nine exercises to about five each day. So that's a significant amount of time when you take into account uh, walking from one section to the other, setting everything up, finding the weights that you're going to use, and then actually performing them and resting in between each set. So uh, instead of day one, two, three, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. It's that simple. So day one for me, I'm still keeping the order of machines, then assisted, then free. So, day one, uh, found that there was a machine for doing calf raises on. I was looking for it, never saw it until the last time I was at the gym. I saw somebody on it while I was doing my cardio, and I said, oh, it was right in front of my face the whole time. So, calf raises on the machine, which I like those because this gym doesn't have a box that I can use with a smith and get that little extra bit of motion from dropping your heel below your toe. From there, we go on to the leg extension. So, we've done that before. Uh, then, we've got lat pull downs. Then, we've got oh, this is odd. Why is uh, something's wrong with this program? Because it's not showing me the full title of this. But it looks like tricep extensions. Then, wrist curls. Then, treadmill running. That's day one. So, day two got the seated leg curls, the uh, pec deck flies, the rear delt row. Uh, curl machine, incline sit-ups. Oh yeah, I should mention that too. Day one is the only one I don't have an abdominal exercise for. Day three, we move on to the assisted items. So we have the smith squats, the smith calf raises, bench press with a smith machine, shoulder presses with a smith machine, and then my reverse crunches. Uh, I'm doing two move reverse crunches. So, uh, when you look up a reverse crunch, You'll see two different setups from people doing this. Some keep their legs straight, and then some fold their legs in at the knee, bringing the knees to the stomach. Uh, With a two-move, you combine that uh, by actually doing just extra work. It's not really a combination. It's doing one, then the other. So the way I do it is straight leg one, bent leg one, then straight leg two, bent leg two. And so it's a little bit more tiring. Day four... Still assisted. Doing shrugs. Originally, I was doing shrugs with the uh, with the Smith machine. That became uncomfortable, so I'm switching to dumbbells on that one. Uh, overhead triceps extension. That is what I was doing, even though I originally told you guys I was going to be doing the... Uh oh, man, I forgot the name of this exercise. It's the parallel bars or the chest tip. There we go. Jeez. Uh, but no, especially at my weight, that's not a good idea. My weight and my lack of... Of strength at the moment? Not a good idea. Concentration curls, reverse wrist curls. Then I do a Superman. Superman's an odd exercise. I recommend you look it up, and it feels just as weird when you're doing it. Almost like you're not doing anything at all. But if you do it right, you are getting a benefit. Day five. Lunges, still. Uh, I have it on here as bent-over raises, but in truth, I'm doing uh, a reverse fly. So you lay on your stomach on a flat bench or actually i don't even do flat i tend to do uh, a slight angle bench and so uh it's just what it sounds like instead of flies where you're you're bringing your arms together over your chest instead you're flapping them outward uh kickbacks and then then we got uh this exercise that i changed a bit It's another one of those combos. Just like the two move reverse crunches, this is shoulder raises. I'm doing the lateral and the front raises in one. So uh, you can look them both up and it's just like the reverse crunches for me. So out to the side and then up to the front. The only problem with doing that is the lateral movement, you can't do nearly as much weight usually, depends on the person I'm guessing, but uh, I know I sure can't do as much weight laterally As I can do in uh, the anterior direction. So uh, you may not get too much from the the front row side. But you know what? It's just meant to be something to stick with. So then I do... uh, I'm not sure on this one yet. I'll have to see which I prefer to do. It's either going to be a side plank or side crunches. Then finally day six. Stiff leg deadlift still. Fly still. Hammer curls. Uh, These... The shoulder rotator cuff exercises that you do with such light weight, they seem like you're doing so little, but the very next day you can't lift a can of pop. Which is fine for me, because I don't drink pop. But uh, you guys can sort of look them up on your own. If you need to do them, it's because you're in a sport like tennis, or you play racquetball, and you already know about them. Otherwise, I don't really recommend them to people because... It's just too easy, with the way that they feel while working them out, for people to do too much and actually seriously hurt themselves. So, uh, and then whoops, I put machine side twists here, but I'm actually uh, I do it with a cable machine. So or a cable setup, not a machine. But so the idea is, starting Sunday tomorrow, I will be doing this this new program setup, which should allow me to reduce the time. So that I won't run into the, the, oh, I'm not going to make the window, so uh, forget about it, tonight situation. And it increases the frequency of my exercising all throughout. In two different areas that'll just make contact with my plan and uh, work out that way. And you know what? Like I said, with the way that my hours are now, and that they're so consistent because you didn't get that with personal training, it's... Something that I didn't quite expect. I was taking a chance, though, with the whole sleeping thing. I said to myself, okay, I know when I work out in the evening, I know it takes about an hour and a half to two hours after exercising for my body to finally wind down and I can sleep again. But what if? I gave myself that scenario. I said, okay, what if I do this on a regular basis? It's going to be tiring at first, but... Maybe I'll adapt and get used to it. Since then, though, I've said, you know what, that's probably not quite going to happen, especially because on the weekends, that's what I do in the morning. If I have a day off like I do this Monday, I'm going to work out in the morning. This is just another retooling that should end up with things being a lot better. I will say, though, that we are now deep into and rapidly approaching and even uh, an even deeper stage. We're going to go from knee to waist high, basically, in the Christmas season. So, of course, there's work potlucks, there's my little Christmas watching thing with hot chocolate, and usually you don't want to just sit there, and so you get something else to eat. Next week, coming up, is going to be the week where... I apologize about that. Uh, Next week is going to be the week where... It's the last time I'm not watching one each and every day. And of course, I can advise you guys that Christmas Eve, day and the day after, I'm stuffing myself with candy because it's the only time of year that I do it. Those challenges are going to be there. The idea is though, again, because I started it the week of Thanksgiving, and I've got these traditions with the the month of December, I mentioned that we were going to see mostly slight improvement and a lot of maintaining which is important so that's what I'm doing right now that's where we're at and that's how it's going to be for a little bit but depending upon how things go it might actually get better it might be a bit more solid than I think it is or it actually let's be honest might be a little bit worse the only challenge I foresee Beyond these holiday times, it's twofold. One, of course, man, that gym's going to be packed after New Year's because all those people are going to show up and do that, and that's going to be annoying. Hopefully, with the times that I'm choosing now, keeping because of the shorter program, shouldn't be an issue. Shouldn't hold me back. But then there's the weather. As a reminder, I live in the Chicago land area. We aren't, we aren't like Minnesota. We aren't like uh, Montana or Colorado, or any of those places where we just get buried in the snow all the time. But it does happen, and we do get quite a bit of ice to or at least we have in the past few years. And, uh, simply put, if I don't have to drive in that, I don't. And so, those days, I'd be perfectly ready to work out, but if it just seems a little too slick outside, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be something that I do. So, uh... you got to keep that in mind. But it's a work in progress. I didn't intend this to be a, hey, I'm going to do this podcast for two months, reach my goal, and then leave everybody hanging because all sorts of things are going to come up. They're going to be worth talking about and whatnot. So don't forget to give me your guys' results. Give me your updates. Have you had to... Change a program for whatever reason that you were working out that you were working uh, so well with and maybe life changed and you have to do something differently I imagine uh, this is a huge thing for new parents I mean I can only imagine what that does with your schedule I also pointed out before the most successful clients I've ever had are the ones who come in around the fall because they're not letting the smaller things you can plan around Uh, life around stop them from getting into a program so all sorts of different issues that we have to deal with just to basically be in a shape we're supposed to be in to begin with so it's not easy but it's also worth the challenge the end result we know is a positive one and uh, so hopefully you'll learn some lessons from me as well anyway I'm going to leave you guys now it's a little shorter episode than I thought it was going to be I think it's because I felt like I was going to talk about injuries a bit more than I did, but decided against. So, at this point, I want to remind you guys, please, 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 tell me your stories, share your experiences, get a discussion started. You can do so in several different ways. Uh, If you'd like me to share on the next show the thoughts that you have with the listening audience, what you can do is email. The email that you can reach me at is thereactioneer as one word. At gmail.com. Uh, if you don't care so much about being on the show or you just want to try and start a general discussion with people about anything on this episode with other people, you can do so on the post for this episode at the blog, which will be found at thereactioneer.blogspot.com. And of course, I have a Twitter that doesn't say uh, The Reactionaire on it. It's where I mostly post stories that I intend to talk about with The Reactioner Weekly Show, which I am bringing back again tomorrow. And uh, that is J O M C Brian. And that could be at Twitter. And just remember, it's an acronym for Jump on My Cake, which is a podcast I have not done in a long time with Rob and Mike, even though I've seen them, and I'll be seeing them this afternoon. Will there be an episode? I don't know, I'm starting to doubt it. But such, J-O-M-C, jump on my cake, Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N. I'll warn you, that's probably the worst way to contact me, because really all I tend to do is put up links to things that I've got on the blog, and when a show's been put out, and that's about it. I don't know what Twitter does to tell me if somebody sent me something. Hopefully I'll see it. Probably not though, so email and posting comments on the blog, probably the best way to do it. If the comment you have is about the show. The blog's probably not the best spot to do that. You can do that via email, but you should also do it via iTunes. And so you all probably know how to do that. So feel free. As I said, I will be speaking to you all tomorrow for the Reactionary Weekly show. I hope to hear from you guys soon. Good luck. And uh, be safe at the gym, take take an extra closer look around, see if there's anything you might trip over, because even this so-called expert missed. So, take care everybody, and good luck.